This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. Hello, I'm Eric Schumann. And I'm Carolyn Ipel. And today on Glencoe Spotlight, we have our special guest, Spiro Circus, Director of Youth Services and Recreation for the City of Glencove. Welcome, Spiro. Thank you for having me. Welcome, Spiro. Thank you for having me. So, Spiro, we like to get to know our guests a little bit before we get into all the amazing stuff they do for our local uh, city. So, can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up, where you live now, a little bit maybe about your family and interests? Sure. Uh, I grew up in uh, Bayside, Queens. I lived there up until about 2003 uh, when I got married. Um, when I did get married, we moved out to Hicksville, Long Island, where I still live. Um, so it's, it's different. It's different than Queens, but I don't know if I'd be able to go back to Queens. I love Nassau County. Um, I have two boys, uh, Costa and Vasily, my wife, Kathy, and I've been working for the city since 2008. And what was your job before you became director of youth services and recreation? Uh, for the city of Glen Cove or just previous in general? You, yeah, I'd like to maybe a little bit of background. And then, of course, when you eventually came to the city. Perfect. I uh, actually got my undergrad in uh, sports medicine, psychology, health and phys ed. And then uh, after working for a small stint at uh, physical therapy office, I saw it really wasn't what I wanted to do. I happened to get a job working as a um, counselor uh, at an after school program. And from there I had gotten promoted into a supervisory position. So I decided to go back to Adelphi and get my master's in social work. Uh, since then I have ro- uh, worked at various agencies from HANIC, which is a Hellenic American neighboring uh, act um, association to CFS, Center of Family Support and ABR. Uh, I held positions in quality assurance uh, for CFS in the city, um, ran day programs for people in need, um, and finally made a home in Glen Cove in 2008, as discussed. Uh, was fortunate enough to hold those experiences as I brought what I've learned in all my previous positions uh, to my position at the time, which was to create and run the After Three program, which was an after school program um, for the community. We did everything from academic enrichment, recreation, uh, counseling, and many, many uh, things. Our big motto was encompass the complete child. Uh, I had the opportunity to work with many people in that position in Glen Cove, teachers, uh, the superintendents, the city staff, and learned a lot. Uh, From there, I became the director of the Glen Cove Youth Bureau in 2016. Um, in July of 2016, and now I am in the current position I'm in. And what do you think is the best thing about your current position? Best thing about my current position, it has taken all the things I love and combined it into one. Um, Everything from sports, kids, and the environment, fresh air. So to to be working on the beaches, to be working at the stadium, to be working with the sports organizations, which Glen Cove has amazing sports organizations, and to continue working with the you know the kids in our after school programs, summer programs, you know you can't ask for anything else. Um, it completes the picture of the ideal job. 
Spiro, what different. do you find special about being in Glen Cove and, you know, being at the Bureau and, and just how even like Glen Cove people are? Um, you know, I think the most, the most special thing are the families that I encounter mm -hmm. and the people that I, um, I, I, myself and my staff help. Uh, I have great staff. They, they don't know how to say no. Everyone looks for an opportunity to help everyone as much as they can. Um, you know, Glen Cove is, is a little weird. And the fact that the parents, if they don't like something or somebody doesn't like something, they will not hold back. They will let you know they don't like it. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. It keeps me moving. It keeps me motivated. Uh, it makes me want to prove what can be done by our department even more. Um, and just, you know, it, it's nice to see, for example, last Saturday we had our opening day for baseball. In no shape or form am I an expert in baseball. I am a soccer person, football, America, uh, European football, soccer person. That was my sport. It's always been. Um, and to be able to see what the baseball commission that we put together did in such a short period of time on Saturday was amazing. Uh, I'm falling in love with all sports again. And it's a learning experience. And, and that's the most important thing as every day is a learning experience. Doesn't get you. I have to say, I have to say, the opening day ceremony was great. My oldest, Luke, um, this is his first time uh, ever playing like organized sports on a team, you know, that travels and plays other teams. And the coaches are great. The parents are really into it. The fields are great. I mean, you did a great job and they're really excited. All those sponsors you have, which is wonderful local sponsors helping out with the local sports. It was really a wonderful day. And the weather was perfect. It was, it was. The rain scared you know, me in the morning, but then it just stopped. So, you know, something, <laughs> something was going on. Uh, listen, it, it's a new year. Are we expecting hiccups? Yes. You know, we're working with uh, different towns. We're working, you know, to be able to have more games for these kids and more teams. Uh, some things are out of our control. Some things are going to be our mistakes. But, you know, I think we're all learning in our new roles, in our new positions. And all I can say is we, we learn from our mistakes and we make things better and better as time goes on. Spiro, were you shut down last year with the pandemic? We were. Actually, the funny thing is, uh, we I had gotten the phone call Friday afternoon from Nassau County. Um, we were told it's a recommendation to close mm. uh, the Youth Bureau. So I called the mayor's office. I explained to them the recommendation. I called the school district. School district wasn't sure if they were closing yet. So everything just spiraled so fast that we were closed. Come that Monday, we're completely closed. Mm. Uh, within a week, we had new programs up and running for the kids, virtually, that is. Um, you know, we knew we needed to be there for our families. We knew we needed to be there for the kids. So we engaged them originally just by simple conversation. And I, I want to say verbal therapy, which is basically just talking to them and letting them know we're here, whatever they need. Uh, to then creating a virtual summer program. I was able to get a grant for iPads. I was able to purchase more iPads for families in need. Um, so my staff did an amazing job just to try and keep things going. That's wonderful. And did they you did. find a lot of children were participating? Not as many as we thought. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was so foreign for some people. Don't forget, we went through a time of 
some families not even having internet, no hotspots. Right. So that was another challenge we were trying to figure mm -hmm. out. Then there was the challenge of food insecurities. We were trying to set up food drives and, you know, working with Long Island Cares and Island Harvest, we were able to do something in the community at the high school. Um, you know, we, we cover a range from kindergarten all the way to college students. Everyone, everyone dealt with the pandemic differently. The needs for people were different. So it was trying to find a way that we can help and make people know and be aware that we're there for them. Even if they don't want to come to us right now, we're still there and we're willing to help out whatever way we can. Um, it was difficult because the center was closed. It was difficult because I had to close my food pantry, obviously. Um, but one way or another, the Youth Bureau definitely got the job done. So we're, I'm very proud of everyone for that. Yeah, you had a wonderful little uh, curriculum there. You had physical activities, art programs, you had entertainment. I mean, it really was a great program, whereas you know other organizations really didn't provide nearly what you were able to do in such a short time. Thanks, Eric, I appreciate that. Yeah, it really, it really just shows just how dedicated you and your staff were for the Youth Bureau. In fact, can we actually talk a little bit more about the Youth Bureau? This is an, an incredible organization that really many different towns and cities don't have. So can you give us a little background on that? We're actually one of two youth, uh, youth bureaus uh, on Long Island. Um, the Unfortunately, the term youth bureau has come to extinction. Um, Glen Cove is a model in the aspect of the youth bureau um, setup. Um, the youth bureau came to be in 1981. We do everything we have four full-time staff and one part-time staff there right now. I have a, uh, a doctor in social work and a uh, mentoring coordinator and three program coordinators. So the Youth Bureau encompasses everything from youth employment for the kids, which we've been told we have one of the best programs in the state, let alone Long Island. Uh, Jackie Yannick does an amazing job with her kids. They've already started the interview process, the resume writing, and we have actually taken over the concession stands down at the stadium for the last three years. This allows the kids to learn um, ordering, managing, uh, customer service, and they've taken great pride in that project. This year, we've opened up the menu wider. They're testing new things, um, and they've really run with the project. Uh, Sandra Potter runs our after-school program uh, at the center, as well as a summer program in the summer at Gribbon School, uh, where kids come to the center for free, and they have homework help and different activities uh, that they can participate in. And Carolina Guastella does our after three program, which is at the schools. It's based at the schools. This summer, we're working in collaboration with the school district, um, which will be the first time in, in a long time since the grant and after three. So those kids that go to those extra summer classes will then be able to come to our program after they're done and have some fun, a little bit more fun than just, you know, being in academics. So, very, very dedicated staff, like I said. Uh, we get some funding from Nassau County. We were one of the first agencies to receive a three-year contract, uh, which was a first three years ago. We're actually expiring this June, so that'll be something else I'll be working on. Um, but we've grown, we've gotten the attention of our Nassau County executive, our Nassau County legislators, and everyone comes to us for feedback, opinions, questions, it's a very proud moment. Yeah, my my oldest um, was in a program, and it was so convenient because the school day ends, 
and then the program continues right there in the school he's in with your staff. And, you know, he did art projects. He did phys ed. He did, they did a whole dance. Carolyn, you should have seen seen this. They did a whole dance show and, and singing show and performance. I mean, it was really wonderful program, very affordable for, uh, all people here in the city. And it's great for parents who might not be able to come home too, you know, during the workday, they don't have to worry about busing and where they're gonna be. It's right there at the schools after, it's so convenient. And uh, he made all these wonderful art projects too. So uh, we couldn't be more happy with the, uh, the After Three program. He did a great job. We do uh, three showcases a year. So yeah. it's an opportunity for the families to see what the kids have been working on at our program. Uh, everything from cooking class to dance recitals, uh, projects, learning projects. We like to model our semester, so to say, our, our two cycles after a theme, whether it's around the world, whether it's Glen Cove, uh, New York State, and then they follow a curriculum based on, on the theme. Um, the kids love it, the staff love it, and you know, we like to give parent surveys out at the end of every cycle just to kind of see where the parents are at, what they like, what they don't like, what they would like changed. And we try to accommodate and make it as interesting as possible for all the kids. And what was really, what was really, yeah, I, I'm sure, trust me. Um, you had a, a meal program, so they had a Correct. nice meal while they were there too, which is huge for a lot of these working families. Um, and then what was really great, at least for my son, was the homework assistance too. A lot of these kids need that extra help, need that, you know, just just having someone else there working with them that knows the curriculum because you use local teachers. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was really great to have that as well, right? All part of that after three program. The just because you said the meal program back in 2009, uh, I started a collaboration with Long Island Cares and Island Harvest. We were one of the first organizations to start the after school meal program. So the kids get a healthy, balanced meal when they come to our program. And then in the summertime, they continue to get the lunch, but they also would receive a snack as well. So let's just say I, I can't think of the name of the show right now, but we were invited to attend um, The Chew. That's what it was called. Uh, the television show The Chew on ABC. And we discussed our program and how we made it work and all that stuff. So a lot of accolades for, for the Youth Bureau, which we're very proud of. Yeah, my son has made friends there that he still is really close with just because of that after-school activity. Thanks, Eric. Yeah. yeah. Eric, do you think other places will start to model the Youth Bureau? And what um, you do? Like, could you be a mentor for other towns and cities? Listen, in all honesty, Glencove is very fortunate to have a bunch of good organizations that, that mm -hmm. work there. Um, you know, the Boys and Girls Club does something similar with us. Uh, you know, La Fuerza tries to do something similar with us. Um, they're out there. Uh, probably a little bit more in Queens than on Nassau County. Okay. But the programs are out there. Uh, we, I'm part of the Nassau County Youth Coalition. And all the department heads meet monthly. And we discuss everything from financial situation, programming, COVID regulations. We haven't stopped. Unfortunately, it's been through Zoom but we don't stop. We, we advocate for all our programs. Uh, we recently had a call with uh, executive, uh, County Exec Laura Curran, explained to her our situation. Uh, we understand the county's gonna be getting and receiving some more money, some federal aid, and how important it is for some of this money to trickle into our youth mm -hmm. programs, just so we can continue doing what we're doing because we will see an influx 
of people in need. And we need to be prepared. We don't want to be caught in the back burner and we want to be one step ahead of the situation. So, you know, Delia, uh, Ms. Curran, they've all been great advocates for our programs. And we continue to rely on them when it comes to that financial situation. And it really sounds like you're making a difference in people's lives every day. Thank you. It's it just, and it sounds so rewarding. Like we, I can hear how passionate you are about what you do. And I love that when you can tell like someone, you know, especially when you're giving back, like you, you love what you do. Thank you. Thank you. I do. I do. It's a lot of work, but um, sure. the reward comes at the end and there's nothing, no better feeling than when kids that came through your program mm. are now looking for a job in the summertime, not in a summer youth employment program, but as a general job and they want to give back to the programs that they grew up through. And, and that for me, that that's just summarizes everything. Makes me feel old, but it's a good <laughs> feeling. I wanted to ask you a quick question about the summer program. Is it an all day? So program? this summer we will be running three programs. Okay. Uh, we will be running three programs. One will be at landing. Uh, that program will be the city camp program that everyone has grown to love. Uh, we will be there as an all day program. Uh, we want to utilize Morgan's park as much as possible. You know, mm -hmm. being in Glen Cove, you have so many resources and so much beauty that we want to tap into as much as possible and have the kids explore it. So that program will be there. Uh, our after three program will be at the middle school and that's the collaboration with the school district. And then our youth bureau summer program will be at Gribbon school. Um, all of them will be all day programs. Uh, and the only thing we really can't do this year that we've done in the past is we offered extended day. Mm -hmm. Due to COVID regulations, we're not going to be able to do that. Okay. And we'll talk more about that when we come back from a break. So we're going to take a quick break. And you've been listening to 88.1 FM WCWP.org. And our special guest today is Spiro Circus. And we'll be right back. Hello, welcome back. I'm Eric Schumann. And I'm Carolyn Eipel, and you've been listening to WCWP.org, 88.1 FM. This is Glen Cove Spotlight. Our special guest is Spiro Circus, Director of Youth Services and Recreation for the City of Glen Cove. Spiro, we were just talking about all the amazing services and wonderful programs you have um, for the Youth Bureau. And I was wondering if you could maybe talk to us about all those special events that your organization uh, runs there, like Fill a Backpack, for example. Can you talk to us about some of your wonderful events? Sure. Uh, a lot of our events wouldn't be made possible without the generous people of Glen Cove, the donations we receive, um, North Shore Lions, Kiwanis of North Shore, Kiwanis of Glen Cove, Rotary. All these people really do come together and assist us whenever we need something regarding um, these events. For example, the Fill a Backpack program. Every year uh, we help over 300 students uh, by giving them a school bag with all the equipment that they would need to have a successful school year. Notebooks, pencils, pens, uh, calculators, whatever it is that they might need. Um, every year the number keeps rising and we're very grateful uh, for some of these private donations. Uh, Rising Tide does a huge thing for us and they collect money from their um, uh, paper bag uh, distribution 
all the money they receive, they give it back to us. They collect school supplies for us. So everyone, the, the community really does get together for this one event. Uh, we usually do it in August. No questions asked uh, whether the family needs it or doesn't need it. We're there for them. Uh, and we just try and help as many people as we can with that project. But it, it's an amazing program. Uh, Dr. Charmaine Clark runs that for me now with the help of uh, Monica Salinas. Uh, and they they do an incredible job. And and tell us about uh, lights on after school. Lights on after school is an activity that uh, Sandra Potter usually runs. Uh, she's our youth bureau coordinator. Um, it's basically an opportunity in the fall, and that we allow people to know that the youth bureau is there, that we have programs after hours, uh, and it's just a little celebration of after school programming. Um, we haven't been able to do that for a couple of years. One was COVID. The year before that was uh, an, another event that occurred in the city at the same time. But we're comfortable enough that the community knows where we are, who we are, and what we're about. Um, we're hoping to bring that back again in, uh, in, in the fall of this year. Will you be having your 4th of July bike parade this year? I don't know. Okay, uh, I can't okay. answer that yet. It all depends on where we are at with the COVID regulations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we do follow the rules strict that come from Albany. We we honestly want to do as much as we can for the community and for the kids, but we also want to be very safe. Um, so that's one of those events. We're not 100% certain of what's going to happen yet. Okay, but it will be back at some point and we know it will. That, it uh, will. It will. It definitely Carolyn, have, have you been able to see it before? It's really I have seen something. it. It's they decorate their bikes to yep. the nines. I mean, it's really nice and the whole family gets involved and it's all through the, the downtown. It's mm -hmm. really, it's really a lot of fun. Yeah. You really feel the spirit of Glen Cove. No, it's great. Which is wonderful. Spiro, how about the holiday? You do holiday food baskets also? Uh, we do. Uh, one of my favorite events, or I should say one of my favorite time frame, because the holidays consist of a couple of things that we do. Uh, the holiday food drive that we do is in collaboration with the IAC, the Interagency Council of Glen Cove. So the Interagency Council, which I am currently the president of, uh, are a bunch of organizations, not-for-profit organizations that are there to work together and help the city of Glen Cove and the community as much as possible. We have everything from the library to city hall to living uh, water uh, living waters for women um la fuerza unida so there's a bunch of organizations that get together the even first i'll give numbers from two years ago and then i'll go into the numbers this year so the holiday food drive is housed at a saint rocco's church colleen spinello uh, helps us organize all the food there all the deliveries get there and from there we have people come and pick up their baskets. The Greek Church in Brookville is another organization that time and time again has always been there for us. Uh, alone last year, they gave us over 100 complete meals. So the families come the week of Thanksgiving and we give them a complete basket from the turkey to the stuffing to the potatoes, complete, complete meal. All they need to do is cook it. Two years ago, we helped around 400 families. Last year, we did, in the time we were in, and with all the COVID restrictions, we still managed to help over 500 families. Um, very proud of that event. Uh, you know, we try and help out the seniors at the senior center as much as possible when it comes to that. And it, it's one of those feel-good 
feel good uh, things that we do. After that comes my favorite event of all times, Milk and Cookies with Santa. So Milk and Cookies is a program that's done by the Youth Bureau. Sandra, again, takes the lead on that. We have over 300 families come through the chambers at two separate sessions. Mm -hmm. We have um, gifts that we give to the kids, which I collect uh, doing the Toys for Tots event with um, Joel Apadula and Nassau County. So we, I go pick up the toys, bring them there. We pack everything up. And the trick is that they cannot get their gift before we read Twas the Nice Before Christmas to them. <laughs> so we have Santa make an appearance. They take a picture with Santa. We um, give them milk and cookies. Starbucks has been a donator in the past. Uh, and it's just an amazing event. It, it's an incredible event. Um, last you year- have a very big turnout, I'm sure. We have over 400, well, I'm gonna say around 300 families that come for that. And if I could, I probably would have more. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a great event. It, and it, how wonderful you can bring holiday spirit to people, you know, and people in need too. And that's another event that we don't ask, you know, it could be anybody. Right. It, it, there's no um, qualification, sort of. Thing. The only thing we ask is that you're a resident of Glen Cove, and that's okay. it. You're a busy person. <laughs> there's more. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, I want to talk about some of the other things. That's, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, your summer youth employment program has, has always been a wonderful program. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Um, our summer youth employment is an incredible program. That's uh, Jackie Yannick who runs that. Uh, we do everything from fire hydrant painting to the paintings of the murals in the city, the big wall, which with the new mural, our kids were the ones that prepped that wall, cleaned the old wall, primed it, cleaned all that up down by Garvey's point, the little waves. That's our kids. Um, our head uh, art creator is uh, Nancy Tenke, Tim, uh, the mayor's daughter. She works with us, continues to work with us. Very busy group of kids, cleanup, beautification. Um, we spoke a little bit about the concession stands. So these kids have their hands in everything. They they really run the city. Carol, how do you get these kids excited and wanting to be involved? Is it your leadership, which I'm assuming it is? Um, and it's okay here for you to kind of toot your horn because I mean, <laughs> how do you really, how do you how do you get them excited about giving back and doing this? Honestly, I can never toot my horn. Uh, it's tooting the horn of the staff. Um, you know, they're the ones that push. They're the ones that advertise. They're the ones that are going to the schools. They're the mm-hmm. ones that build a relationship with the kids. Um, you know, I'm there to support them. And uh, in, in all honesty, we're going through a, a, a phase right now that we don't have that many kids that want to work. You know, I think they've gotten comfortable with being at home. They've gotten comfortable with the lack of responsibilities. So the ones that want to work are there and we want to help them as much as possible. And we see that there's more opportunities for them in the city. Listen, not everyone's going to go to college. Not everyone's going to be a doctor. Uh, There's nothing wrong with the trades. And the city is allowing them and giving them the opportunity to grow into one of these positions. Um, you know, my head field, uh, maintenance man has been working for the city since he's 16. He's 50. I I, I didn't even want to say an age, but there's a gap. (laughs) Um, 
there's nobody better than than Terry. Terry knows those fields and him and his staff know those fields better than anyone. And it just shows that there's opportunities in the city. And I'm just glad that we can help guide these kids to grab one of these opportunities. It's their city after all, you know, they're the ones that yeah. are going to look for it, look out for it and grow into it. Um, so just to answer your question, the, we try to promote as much as possible, you know, the whole Facebook, Instagram, you know, now Facebook isn't cool anymore. So we got to change over to Instagram. Instagram isn't cool. Now it's TikTok. I can't stand TikTok. So it's, it, it, you know, we can't keep up. You can't keep up. But um, we'll get the kids. Well, one way or another, the kids will come, whether they come late. They love to come two weeks after they're supposed to. But uh, we're looking forward to another good summer. And they get involved, which is, you know, what you want at the end of the day. And so. they get paid. Yeah. So they make some extra money. Okay. They, they realize what, you know, the value of the dollar. Mm -hmm. And it's a win-win. Okay. And I think things are going to start to open up and people are going to want to, to kind of get back out there and, mm -hmm. you know, be a part of. So I think you'll start to see an uptick. I do. We've I seen, hope. we've already started seeing an uptick, which is great. Okay, good. So you also have an internship program. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that? The internship is more of um, a partnership that we have with the uh, community. So, for example, in the past, what we did was to try and get these kids to that next step. We would have an arrangement with an organization. For example, let's say it's a Starbucks. So we tell Starbucks, we will pay you for this individual for the first two months. Let them get trained get comfortable. If it's a match and you guys like it, we, you then have to keep them on board and you cover their salary. So it, it, it's more of like a startup situation. We have kids working in finance right now in the city. We have kids working in DPW. Um, and it's an opportunity for them to see if that's what they like and an opportunity for the, for the business and give them a chance to see if it's a match. Because it's difficult. Sometimes, you know, they're kids, they're not responsible, they're, they, mm -hmm. you know, and we want everyone to be comfortable and we want to continue growing these relationships with our, with the community. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's quite amazing how much you help the youth and, and how many different programs are available to them. Um, and I really hope that all these kids really take advantage of, of all that you offer because it really is amazing. I myself have lived in several different districts before moving to Glen Cove about 10 years ago and nothing compares to what yeah. these kids can do in this city. Yeah, yeah. We live in a special place. Yeah. Now, we talked earlier about how you had to put everything up for like remote learning. Um, do you... Are you still doing that? Is this something that now we are now kind of putting behind us and we're going to be opening up all the schools and running all the after three programs and other activities at these locations? So just to go through uh, the year, uh, in the fall, we went from having a remote after school program. Well, let's just keep in mind, it's two programs I'm gonna discuss. So first the after three program, continues to be a virtual after-school program. Uh, it will finish out the year that way. We will, The first in-person will be our summer program, hoping September we'll be back in the schools and doing what we know how to do best and love to do. Uh, the Youth Bureau program. So we went from 
a virtual, which didn't really, you know, last that long. There wasn't really that much interest. It was either after three or the virtual to September, October of a in-center program. So we actually had the kids the, the, that had nowhere to go because the parents had to go back to work on the A and B days. They would come to the center from eight o'clock to three o'clock or the full day. And they would do their academics portion there. We set up the dividers. We set up everything. They had their computer, their iPad, and everyone was on a virtual program with their teacher at the center. Uh, there were about 13 kids that came to us daily. Uh, that number is dictated by the room we have and just the COVID regulations. Um, we have been open to a in-house after-school program since, I want to say February, but don't quote me. Uh, the months are getting by. So the kids are back in that setting after school at the Youth Bureau. So that program is back to normal and they will have an in-person summer program at Gribbon School as well. So in that component, everything's back to normal. That's wonderful that we're, we're, we're starting to slowly get back to normal. These kids need it so much. Our numbers are not where they're at. And that's because basically we have to follow the COVID restrictions and guidelines and making sure that there's enough space per child. So when all that is lifted and we can go 100% normal, I'm sure it's going to be a slow process till we get there, but we're ready to, to tackle that when the time comes. Yeah, and you've been able to make all the safety precautions and making sure your staff and, and all the kids are obviously following all the protocols, which is great. Knock on wood, our department, are, are, we haven't had one knock on wood. I should knock again, just in case. <laughs> but we haven't needed to close uh, throughout any of this for no staff COVID, no kid COVID in our programs. So it says something about the way the staff are handling everything as well. Now, I'd love to talk to you about now we're obviously in the spring season here. And I mean, a lot of things have finally opened up. These leagues are starting again. Can you tell us about all the improvements you made down at the baseball fields? Because there's quite a lot. There, there is a lot. And again, kudos to the staff, Terry, John, uh, uh, Brian, they have worked around the clock trying to get everything done. Um, they've been stressed out trying to have everything done. They've gotten it done. We've opened our seasons and our fields one to two weeks earlier than, uh, than usual. Uh, for the first time ever, Glen Cove has a softball only field. Um, so that's been a huge accomplishment. We are getting, uh, ready to put in brand new batting cages. Uh, the old ones have been taken down. The, the footings have been created. Turf is coming by next week. We're very excited. So we're moving along with that. We're looking to do improvements. I'm constantly looking to see what else can be done. Uh, the Glen Cove soccer league has started That's the adult and first time ever, we will have a women's, uh, league as well over at Pascucci field. Uh, Glen Cove Junior Soccer is starting. Lacrosse started. Baseball had their opening day on Saturday, which was amazing. Uh, the county exec came and visited, um, which was great. Football has its registrations for the fall on Saturday. Um, things are moving. Things are moving. You know, uh, down at the beaches, we're looking to change some things around. We planted new trees by Pribles. Uh, we've sampled different types of sand this year so we can find the best sand for the residents. That's going to happen in May. Um, we're looking to change some of the rotten barbecues. You know, just constant, constant improvements. Uh, I'm looking to add beach volleyball down to Morgan's Park. 
hopefully with your help, Eric, creating a pickleball commission. Yeah, we're excited about that. Yeah, so we, we've done some improvements for the pickleball guys. Um, one of the things I'm proud of, and I, I can't thank Ann Fangman enough, is we're going to be redoing our basketball courts down by the stadium. Uh, we're getting a grant, and by the fall, that should be completed as long as there's no other issues and everything gets approved the way it should be. So we're moving. We're moving. You really are. And we can't wait to hear more about everything that you're doing and you're just adding so much to Glen Cove. So thank you, Spiro. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Glen Cove Spotlight on 88.1 FM WCWP.org. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome back to Glen Cove Spotlight with our guest Spiro Circus, Director of Youth Services and Recreation. I'm Eric Schumann. And I'm Carolyn Ipel. And we wanted to talk to you, Spiro, about some of the wonderful improvements you've made at our local beaches. Actually, I was just at Pribles recently, and I saw all new trees uh, planted. I, we saw benches and garbage cans. And I mean, it already looks like it's ready to, to be used by everybody. Can you tell us about some of these wonderful improvements? Sure. Um, we have started with some of our improvements. Uh, for those that don't know, the city does have a five-year plan that they would like to uh go through and that is with major construction whether it is replacing the bathrooms lifeguard stations uh concession stands so we are definitely looking to try and improve everything as much as possible uh the mayor's office felt it was very important to try and make it as visual and and a happy place for all our residents we're all coming out of a year and a half depression as i like to call it uh and there's nothing better than looking at the water and having a nice uh scenic view in the background uh, together with DPW, you know, I got to give kudos to Rocco. Rocco Graziosi helped out a lot. We were able to uh, obtain six new uh, trees that we planted, and Paul's Nursery did the work for us and even donated one um, birch tree for our picnic area by Pribles. So we're very happy and and you know lucky to have people that do want these changes done um like you said we did put new benches i believe they were done last year we are putting in another eight benches and a few more garbage cans this year um new barbecues for the picnic area so we're trying to spruce in everything up as much as possible uh, based on the of course the budgets that we all have and you know what we can afford to do um I think and it'll be business as usual at Pribal this year. I know last it, year it was closed for quite a while. So it, it, it will be business as usual. Uh, we do have to follow again state mm -hmm. regulations. So we're not 100% sure what the, uh, the allowance will be. Okay. But we are looking to open. Uh, we've been looking for lifeguards. I think probably that's one of our biggest challenge. Uh, we continue to, to look for lifeguards, hire lifeguards. Um, and we're hoping that even Crescent Beach will be open this year. That's the plan. Wow. So I am looking for lifeguards for all three beaches. So we'll see. You know, we, our, our mission is to get everything moving and as pretty as possible. So and now as far as the lifeguards are concerned, do they have to have Nassau County certification? Basically, yes. Uh, they have to go through the classes. Um, it's a process. It's difficult, but for for a youth or anybody, it's a great job. You're on the beach, you're in the sun all day. Um, if they have any questions or want information on the lifeguard process, I, I suggest they would call our office and they could speak to Kristen Foster. She's in charge of the lifeguards. 
she's another one of my staff that's that's been instrumental in a lot of these changes. So very fortunate to have her as well. And Crescent Beach, can you just tell us about that a minute? Because that's been closed for years, hasn't it? It has been closed for years. Uh, I don't know much. I do okay. know that we're shooting to have it opened. Uh, I think uh, some of the issues have been rectified. There's still some more things that need to be done. Um, the mayor's office is working extremely hard to try and make this uh, reality. Um, you know, we were all told plan for it, let's shoot for it. We had our walkthroughs, look through all the parks and all the facilities. So, you know, fingers crossed that will be another a beach to add. That one might be a little bit more difficult with the amount of people that will be allowed there because obviously it's a lot smaller. Okay. Uh, Morgan's Park, uh, some changes there. We're looking to put some volleyball nets, beach volleyball, as I discussed earlier. Okay. Uh, our RFPs went out for the concession stands, so we're looking to revitalize those concession stands, make it a little bit more appealing and attractive uh, for people. We are looking to do our car show back in June in June at Morgan's Great. Park. That's so a huge draw. It's a huge draw. We just got to be careful again with just how many cars, how many people, you know, and, and we have to be smart more than anything is at this point, it's just being smart and what we allow. And as long as everyone follows guidelines and regulations, you know, we'll be able to do more and more for the city. And there are new bathrooms that were just, uh, put in there, correct? Well, they're not finished yet. Uh, okay. We're shooting that they will be completed by the end of May. Don't quote me on anything, but that's the time frame that I heard. Um, I have seen them. I have been down there. It looks great. Um, and hopefully the community and the city will enjoy them. And it's just something, another positive for that area. And there's a wonderful playground down there in Morgan Park. There's a new play playground uh, or fairly new playground over at Pribles, uh, the playground over at Stanko Park, is that going to be opening soon? The playground at Stanko's has begun the process of uh, the evaluation of the different materials. We had a consultant come in. Um, we were trying to see what the best solution is. Obviously, there's cheap solutions and there's expensive solutions, and it's trying to find out the best solution. Uh, one of the obstacles and one of the challenges we found was that the way the playground was set up, there wasn't proper drainage. So that's what the old material would fall apart and, and it wasn't draining appropriately and it would rot away the material. Um, one of the cheap options is like a rubber mulch. The problem with something like a rubber mulch is, you know, everyone thinks a playground is a playground. There's different uh, uh, intensity zones. So in front of the, the slide, there needs to be more of a cushion, more of a padding. In front of a swing, there needs to be more. Walking area has less. So something like a rubber mulch, unless it's being combed all the time, you will never know what your levels are. So there's a possibility that the levels are a lot less and somebody can get hurt. So the city has, uh, under the direction of Lou, um, uh, hired a consultant. We're looking at everything. We have gotten some estimates. And fingers crossed, that's another project that will be completed um, by uh, worst case scenario, first week of July. You know, that's what we're hoping, sort of say. But it's in the works. It hasn't been forgotten. Yeah, that location is just wonderful. You have, obviously, the golf course, the driving range. You have, uh, you know, I'm a little biased, but the pickleball courts right there. Tennis courts, playground. It's just a wonderful place to bring the entire family. And, of course, you got the View restaurant right there, too. Yep, yep. Um, so, and basketball courts, handball courts. I mean, it's a wonderful location, wonderful facility. Right on the water. I mean, it's it's beautiful. 
Um, now, let's say um, people want to be able to sign up for these leagues, which is it's very fascinating to me that so many parents are involved in really bringing the sports to life here in the city. You and your staff do an amazing job, but a lot of the parents are doing the coaching and helping out with assisting and getting everything together. How can people sign up for these wonderful programs? And if they're a parent, how can they get involved? So basically every sports organization in the city of Glen Cove now officially runs under a uh, not-for-profit or a parent or organization setup. Uh, as we said earlier, baseball started on the 10th. Since our inaugural day, we've had another 15 kids sign up for our program. Um, if they just do a search on the web, on the internet, Glen Cove Baseball Softball Association will come up. We have set up everything through an app uh and a, and, a, and a website it tracks everything it tracks the kids it tracks their ages their their mind like everything is out of people's hands so everything is controlled by the computers uh football has its registration tomorrow uh not tomorrow saturday i'm sorry saturday the 17th and then they will have another registration as well we try to uh, advertise these registrations for the organizations as much as possible, whether it's billboards in the city, again, Facebook, social media, stuff like that. Lacrosse has began as we spoke. Brian does an amazing job with those kids. He tries so hard to get more and more involved and, and active. Um, so you can contact Brian uh, niece directly. Um, you know, do you have cheerleading too? Did I hear? We do have cheerleading. We have a cheer program. And believe it or not, uh, some families are not comfortable yet to send their kids to a five-week program. So okay. something that I'm looking to do this year is uh, four-day mini camps. Okay. So for example, this year, we will have two weeks of cheer camp. Mm. So little girls can, or whoever can uh, do a cheerleading program. We're looking to do a football boot camp. We're looking to do baseball camps. So for those that are not ready to go to a, a in-house setting yet, mm. we're trying to find other things that can be offered to them that will make them comfortable um, down at the stadium. Okay. So it's a good opportunity for everybody. Right. So you're still having to pivot a little bit, you know, just trying to listen. I think uh, in all honesty, even when we're a hundred percent back to normal, I, I think I want to continue these uh, four day uh, camps just okay. because some kids just want to be outside. You know, some kids are sport heavy. Some kids are academic heavy. Yeah. And that's, everyone is, you know, I have two boys that are two different worlds. You know, if I tell my son, you want to go to a after school program or I'm sorry, a summer program in school, or you want to go to soccer camp, he's going to say dad soccer camp every day, any day of the week, you know? So we try to cater and help as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And Carolyn, you have to you see these schedules. They're great. Um, first of all, there's my, I have a child in lacrosse and I have a child in baseball. Mm -hmm. There's practice twice a week. There's a game at least once a week. They're playing, it's not like a handful of games. They're playing an entire schedule. They're playing teams within the city as well as outside the city. And for such young kids to have uh, this wonderful, these wonderful programs and to be taken seriously, these kids mm -hmm. really develop yeah. serious athletic skills. They understand what it is to be part of a team, understand what it is to, to make a commitment um, to that team. And, you know, I never had anything this serious. It was mostly open play kind of rec right. stuff and right. everything until want. you got pretty much to middle school. It was very rare to have mm -hmm. this sort of um, impact on such young kids and, and such a wonderful opportunity. So it really is something special that I hope all of our families take advantage of. 
and, and the parents, the coaches are complete mentors. You know, we do oh, yeah. have a lot of uh, uh, coaches from the police department. Uh, Ryan Ardon has taken a lead on multiple teams. Uh, Brian Simmons is involved with softball. Like we have some stand-up people that give everything and at times make my life more difficult because they want it now. Right. <laughs> why was there a conflict between lacrosse and baseball on a Tuesday night? And why are we not? <laughs> the white hair is coming in. Yeah. But you do well, at so least you still people. have some. <laughs> you do have so many people that want to give back. And I also mm -hmm. would think, and Eric, maybe you can speak to this with your kids, but you know, introducing younger children to sports and, you know, a little bit more structured than what maybe we had as, you know, young eight, nine, 10, I would think it, it must spark a sense of interest or joy or passion. Like, Oh, I love soccer. I want to stay in this. I want to do it. I mean, do you find that? I, what I find fascinating is my middle child has always been sport heavy, loves it. So this is like heaven for him. He's mm -hmm. finally on a team. He has his own uniform. He'll wear his uniform around the house. Just he's so proud of that he's on a team. My oldest child wasn't into sports as much. He was more into academics. But once he got on this team, the coach mate or coaches made him feel so welcome. The teammates all made him feel welcome, and he was a little bit behind them skill-wise, but now he's practicing every day in the backyard. Now, if I wanted him to practice, he never would, but because his team wants him to practice, his team wants him to get better, he wants to impress his coaches, he really is pushing himself, which he's never done before. So it's great to have that sense of community where you know they get behind someone who might not be as strong and they want them to get better and develop and it really is them. moving yeah absolutely spiro do these coaches realize how they really are making a difference in in children's lives you know being a coach myself i don't think you realize at the moment you realize it years later when these kids are not kids anymore and they're adults and they're volunteering and they want to get involved and they want to give back. And when they simply say to you, oh, it's because we had such a good experience and thank you so much, you know, right. That that's what completes everything. Um, how do this is so important. And I, I don't want to run out of time bef before we talk about this, but how do people receive information? How do they sign up? How do they enroll their child? Maybe they just moved to Glen Cove in the past year and they, they didn't know any of this. So, how do they get involved? We in the city have a new PR person, Shannon Vullen. Um, Shannon is great at sending out the messages. There, you know, the city's new website has a lot of information on it. Okay. Uh, you know, one organization that I haven't just spoken about yet, and it's the backbone of the youth bureau, is our friends, the friends of the Glencove Youth Board. Okay. It's made up of um, uh, professionals of all different caliber. It's made up of people that. Some of them don't even have kids, you know, and they're just there and giving their all. Um, you know, the friends are the backbone to our finances. Uh, a lot of times if our budget doesn't have what we need, the friends are there raising money. Uh, the friends recently just helped purchase football helmets for the Glencoe football, uh, save them money because they are a 501. We were able to get better discounts, better breaks. And the same thing with the baseball association. You know, they're the ones that started uh, the, the, the donation process because they were able to collect money. So my, my board is amazing. Um, you know, Roberto, Trish, Maria, all of them are just Francine Santoro, the principal at Gribbon. They give their all 
uh, for the kids. And, you know, it, it's funny. They're not my boss, but I will always view them as my boss. You know, it, it, it's an amazing group of people. And a lot of local um, businesses actually supported Correct. and donated. And Correct. you can see all their banners on the baseball wall. So we have so many different uh, and groups. And they're wearing their shirts. Which yes, I, I and on their jerseys. Yeah. yeah. So so it's great to have so many um, uh, organizations and businesses sponsor all these wonderful teams. Um, that's wonderful to see, too. I mean, for a tough year that all these businesses had with COVID, um, you know, and, and what we had to do this year is our sponsor rates aren't what they were used to. They were a lot more. Uh, but one way or another, these businesses got it done. They knew what it was going for. Uh, they wanted to help. They reached out. And I'm not going to lie to you. It, who, everyone helped as much as they can. And, and that's it. That's important. You know, we don't value a $1,000 check more than a $200 check. At the end of the day, it's all helping. And, and we just take whatever we can. And slowly but surely, it adds up. And now you're doing even adult softball leagues, right? Adult softball, that's starting. Registration is happening. Uh, we have uh, adult-wise soccer, women's soccer, softball, baseball. Uh, this is all new, right? Uh, well, it used to happen in the past. It used to happen in the past. but Quite a uh, while ago, though, right? Yeah. We yeah. have uh, LI Kicks and Dynasty Kickball doing kickball leagues and all sorts of adult leagues at night. Um I did the LI kick kickball. That was a, a load of fun. That was a lot of, lot of, that was a blast. It's, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot of programs and uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm looking for more. Some ideas I have, I have a couple of meetings with ballroom legacy. I'd like to do a Zumba in the park down at Morgan's, maybe something as a, a dance uh, program. I want to see families and their kids doing classes together. Uh, I have a meeting schedule with master Wilson. Maybe we can do some kind of uh, karate in the park. But I want the families to do it as a family. I don't want just the kids or just an adult trying to incorporate some of that. Because I think during COVID, a lot of these families realized how important it is to be with uh, their kids and just being a family. Well, we have some wonderful opportunities for our kids and for adults here in the city. Thanks to you, Spiro, and your incredible staff. Um, you've been a wonderful guest and there's so much to go through. I feel like we only scratched the surface, even with all this wonderful stuff. <laughs> Whatever questions, anything you guys ever need, I'm here. Any, you know, any questions or any comments, uh, we build on comments. You know, we, we love comments. We'd love to get feedback. You can always call my office, email me, Facebook me. Um, I answer seven days a week, all hours of the time. doesn't matter. And I just want to say, Spiro, thank you for all you do and how much you give back. And just like I've said earlier, just, you know, your passion for what you do. And I think, you know, you probably change more people's lives than you'll ever realize. So you're well, like you're he said, he, he gets stuff done, too. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. I try to. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Spiro. Uh, you do an amazing job and the city is very lucky to have you. Um, you've been listening to Glen Cove Spotlight on 88.1 FM WCWP. I'm Eric Schumann. And I'm Carolyn Itell. Thanks for listening.
Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit WCWP.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.